are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Gang Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEB, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. What's up, my man? Hey, sir. What's, uh, how you, what's good? (laughs) Hey, man, another... Another day, another day of, of, of uncertainty and groundhog day, groundhog day at the same time, man. I feel like I'm in the Bill Murray movie, waking up. And I, I haven't wore pants. <laughs> I haven't wore pants. A pair of pants in two months, brother Jay. In two months, it's been all basketball shorts. Bruh, I've been in sweats the other day. I was lounging around the house in pajama pants. Um, yeah, I. The, the last time I put on, like, pants was when we did the black edition of uh, Cocktails and Conversations, where we did the uh, all black, and I put on, I put on dress pants. Touche. But I had, on, I had on my Crocs at the bottom. <laughs> Y'all couldn't see them. Yeah, man. I haven't wore a pair of hard bottoms in two months, man. A pair of pants in two months, man. A button-up. I did wear a button-up once. It was uncomfortable, but it was uncomfortable. Yeah, we've had a few um, ceremonies that I needed to have on a shirt and tie for, but I still had on sweats and pajamas. Speaking of shirt and tie, man, uh, shout out to uh, the class of 2020, man. You know, whether it's high school, college, elementary school, trade school, apprenticeships, mycomputercareer.com. Wherever you are, man, if you're graduating, you're graduating this month or next month. Congratulations on your accomplishments, man. You know, I, yeah, it's absolutely. not the ideal time to have big events, but that shouldn't we, we shouldn't go without acknowledging the accomplishments and achievements of all of those students out there that are put in the hard work, man. Put in the hard work and should be recognized accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, my timeline has been filled with, you know, parents thinking of creative ways to um, celebrate their graduate, um, different types of photo shoots, different types of, just, just different types of ways to acknowledge um, the completion of one chapter and the entrance into another. And um, it's tough, especially on the high school side where, you know, um, Avenison High School now this is her senior year. They postponed prom because I think they thought this thing was going to be lifted in enough time. Um, graduation is on hold, so they don't know when or what that looks like. I have another cousin who was supposed to graduate, who graduated from USC in South Carolina um, last weekend, and they pushed their graduation to August. And so, Shout out to the Gamecocks, man. Home of the Gamecocks, U- University of South Carolina. Yeah. And, and and I think it's a hard time just for everyone involved. Um, I had one person hit me up, and they were complaining that the university canceled graduation and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you got to kind of think about it from their perspective. They don't want to have a large gathering, which would be considered a hot spot. Um, if someone who is infected is there and a lot of people don't know they're infected with um, COVID-19 until they get tested and a lot of people aren't being tested and so um, 
one of my friends says, you know, she she thinks that potentially um, that when she had her bout with the flu in January and December that she really had COVID-19, right? She was like, because for a while they couldn't figure out if it was the flu or if it was something else. And so she was like, after everything has been clear, like now she was like, we potentially could have had it. Like the whole house got sick. My sister said the same thing, man. She was sick like around Christmas, top of the new year. And it lasted for two or three weeks, man. You know, she was on public transportation and all of that in D.C. trying to get back and forth to work across town. And I think uh, we talked about it in hindsight. I think she had it, man. And if she had it, that means that I could have potentially had it. Right, and you could I still been have sick it like that. Yeah, right, you yeah. you could be a carrier and just not show signs, it's symptomatic, yeah. and so it's one of those things where you have to err on the side of caution. And it's like, yo, I get it. You want to see your child graduate, um, but I'm pretty sure you also want to see your child live beyond the age of graduation, right? And so just helping people to see the bigger picture, which is kind of hard when everything seems so bleak. And they was like, well, why don't they just postpone it until December? I was like, they don't know if they're going to be open in December. Right. And so instead of hard scheduling the date and then having to postpone it or cancel it again, like you, you, some universities like, yo, we don't even have the capacity to do that in December because we already got this happening in December. And so it's, it's one of those where they may get the invitation to walk the following, um, ceremony. Um, they may create a special ceremony for some, and then for others, they've been resorting to the virtual ceremony and, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. You you have graduated, and then I think, I think a lot of a lot of that moment, right? You don't get to see your person walk across the stage, but I think the families. This is a, a time to be innovative, like the brother who decked out his driveway. Oh, for, the Tennessee dad, yeah, the uh-huh. dad in Tennessee. There was a dad mm-hmm. in Tennessee, and she was graduating from Xavier. Yeah, Xavier University in, in New Orleans. Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, and so um, shout out to everybody in the Bayou. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good place to be, man. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he decked it out, right? And um, yeah, I mean, like built the stage, though, brother. Jay. Built the, the stage, stage had the banner, podium, podium. Yeah. had security out there, <laughs> had seats, had a guest speaker, had someone singing, had a program. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a dad, man. That's a hell of a dad, man. That's a hell of a father. put on oh put on God, put man. on his academic regalia, yeah. and like did the thing. And I was like, yo, she that's... was sitting in the audience, <laughs> and it was her graduation. And neighbors yeah. came out and was watching from the driveway, was watching from the street, cheering from across the street, and that's what's up. And so, um, to the class of twenty twenty, um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a unique way to close out what was some of the best times of your life, especially in college. Um, but you know, but hey, Bill, you get you get you get President Obama, you get President Obama as your commencement speaker. That part. Yeah, you get it. You get enough for the high schoolers. You get a specialized commencement ceremony that's produced by LeBron James. I think uh, Alicia Keys is gonna be there. Bruno Mars and I didn't I didn't have that at Indian River High School back in '98, man. We so was trying to get out. We was trying to close up shop before it started raining. Got graduated on the football field, man. Oh no, mine was in the um, <laughs> mine was in the university uh, gymnasium. 
Yeah. Now we, we graduated in high school. We graduated in the football field. On the football field, trying to close it out. College, college, we were in the big, the big, the big arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I feel, I feel for him. But hey, man, you got your degree. You able to walk. That part. And you know, and if the way things are, you might not have to pay Sally May back. Six months later, it might be you might not have to start paying them till next year, year but year after that. So Listen, you can win. Ju- you can win. We praying, we praying that God touches the hearts of the decision makers, <laughs> and that they wipe out, ah, that they eradicate. You got to use G, uh, GRE words. Yeah, yeah. they eradicate. eradicate the student loans. God, may may you pierce the hearts of Congress and just make infiltrate a, the meetings. My my make my. Sh- Make their, make, sure God, make their hearts bleed, God. Make their hearts bleed. You, you know it's brothers out there and sisters out there. All we're trying to do is make it. We we tried to do the right thing when we went to college and, and we wanted to live a, a decent lifestyle when we graduated. And we got student loans from Sally Mae, who's Navion, and Great Lakes. And, you know, some of y'all borrowed some money from Pookie at a 20% interest rate. But, hey, that, that degree in philosophy... It's paying. It's gonna pay off for you. You just gotta hold. You gotta hold faith. Hold true. Hold true and have faith. But please, please, God, please, 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 uh, infiltrate Congress, man, and make have them make a decision that will be in all of our favors. Touch all the hundred, all a hundred and twenty million Americans out there with some kind of student loan. Drop it out, God. Drop out the <laughs> bottom of that account, God. <laughs> I know you can do it, huh? <laughs> You know the crazy part, brother Jay. I'm tired of like if you did if you're not graduating in uh, 2020, and you post your graduation pictures, bro, don't, don't from 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 before 2020. Don't get me started man. on that. <laughs> How self-serving can you be? These babies can't graduate, and you gonna post your picture from 1989? <laughs> when you. When you barely graduated, in honor of. In honor of the class of 2020 that can't have a graduation, post your graduation picture or post your senior picture or post your prom picture. So Man. so you're just going to give them constant reminders of what they don't get to experience. Like I had, I, I made a post and then uh, I won't tell the person's affiliation to me, um, but they sent me a message. Now, you should already know. <laughs> If you come with a lighter, I'm going to give you the smoke. And I gave her the smoke. I just think that I was like, I think you should one, check yourself because like you what, like the audacity of the privilege you just tried to exercise by sending me a message telling telling me what you thought I should do and how I should take my post down, like the audacity. And so I screenshot her message and I sent it out in a group text that she's in. And I was like, let's discuss. Our petty has struck again. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> struck again. <laughs> and she was one that put up all her senior pictures, her graduation picture, and then she was like, I had to go digging to find my prom picture. You had to go digging to find something that's gonna make people even more miserable. We get it, homie. In high school you was the man, homie. We get no. it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> you thought you were. You thought you were. <laughs> Those days are over now. Let let these young let these young people breathe, man. The, the audacity, though, brother Jay. You know you hey, and don't and don't post your picture when you graduating 15, 20 years ago, and you never got your diploma because you owe the library seventy five dollars. 
for for a book that you let somebody borrow can't get back. You got a you got an outstanding outstanding balance with parking services, and so you your your degree is being held up for one hundred and seventy five dollars for unpaid parking tickets in nineteen ninety eight. Yo, and I said, yo, if you want to do something for the class of 2020, why don't you drop them, get that cash app, drop $20. Yeah. Right? If everybody that wants to share all these pictures, why don't you share share a 20? How about that? Or or share or share a photo of a graduate that you know in honor of them and then have people wish them congratulations. Or hell, dr- create a cash app just for that student. Hey, guys, unfortunately, we're unable to do X, Y, and Z. Let's Let's, you know, $20, Class of 2020, you're still winning, though. You're still winning. You, you might not have a formal ser- service or ceremony at this moment, but you put in the work, put your diplomas and put your, your uh, degrees to use now. Go out, make a difference, be change agents, be the change that you want to see, and make sure when you reach the top, you send the elevator back down for somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Simple as that, man. Life life is about wins and losses, brother Jay. Wins and losses, man. Wins and losses. Ebbs and flows, brother. Ebbs and flows. That's it. It's unreal. It's, it's unrealistic, brother Jay, to go through your life uh, expecting that you won't take an L every now and then, or you won't have any trials and tribulations every now and then, man. You know, some of your greatest boxers of all time. Took, took losses on their record, Brother Jay. Think Muhammad Ali, think he got like five losses. Mm. Sugar Ray Robinson fought like uh, 130 fights and have like 20, 25 losses or some, something crazy on his record. But when you, when you hand out 125 ass whippings and you might take 25 L's, that's still a pretty good career in my book. Uh yeah, you're a winner. You you're a winner in my eyes, based on your winning percentage, right? And so I don't know. I just think it's unrealistic for us to go through life just expecting that there'll never be trials and tribulations, man. And I, I you know, what's the real testament about that right now, brother Jay? In this moment in time, um, the Last Stand, brother Jay, the, the ESPN documentary on the the 1998 Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and a host and cast of characters. Uh, pretty good documentary, Brother Jay. It's a 10-part documentary that kind of goes through the journey of all of the Bulls dynasties, mm-hmm. the group dynamics, the, the true leaders in the locker room, and, of course, most importantly, the fact that they won six championships over the span of eight years, which is, you know, that's a dynasty in my book. But what, what has really struck a chord with me is that in the documentary, you really. This is probably the first time ever you getting it. You you've gotten a chance to see what Michael Jordan was like behind the scene, yeah. right? And when you and when you think of Michael Jordan, brother Jay, what do you think of? Other than the sneakers. Other than the sneakers, yep. Um, that are still selling sneakers that came out thirty years ago are still selling like yeah. hotcakes today. Right, um, Air Jordan. That's what that's what originally initially comes to mind. Air Jordan, right? Air Jordan. When you Info. think of Air Jordan, what does Air Jordan mean to you, man? Uh, I would say that that is like a that's a symbol that gave a lot of young players inspiration. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a, it would be a symbol of excellence, if you will. Yeah, like a... Uh, I mean, you know, they had a song, I want to be, I want to be like Mike. Yeah, Everybody yeah, wanted yeah. to be like Mike. And so, like... I had Gatorade commercials. Absolutely. Uh, Hanes commercials, McDonald's yep. commercials, shoe he, commercials. Space Jam. Space Jam, Michael Jackson's Jam. Yeah. Michael Jordan was in the video. Yeah. <laughs> You know. So like, and he was he he gave a lot of individuals that looked like him, right, inspiration that they could do more than what people are telling them they could. You you would you would you would hope that that's the case, you know. And I think he did. I think he got that ac- accomplished just through his sheer level of excellence and his commitment to his craft. Mm-hmm. That's what I admire the most about Michael Jordan: his commitment to his craft and his commitment to winning, right. And, and, you know, arguably, and I think in most people's eyes, he's considered the greatest winner and the greatest basketball player in the history of the world, <laughs> ever. As far as what he did for the game, through his dedication, commitment, and excellence, and uh, actually achieving the highest accomplishments in the NBA, that kind of sparked all of the other opportunities around him. He was a basketball player first. And he was a winner, and then that allowed him to be a GM and an owner and a pitch man, a businessman. And you would look at Michael Jordan's life, and you would say that he's a winner. He's mm-hmm. a winner. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. But I think the level of excellence that Michael Jordan has achieved, society believes that in order to be a winner, you can't take any losses. Uh, yes, they do, and that's that's interesting. That's interesting because everyone that thinks that has probably had their fair share of losses, more so than wins. Yeah, yeah. And so, realizing that the individuals that put other people on higher standards don't have the same standards or realistic expectations for themselves. And so, so that that thought, we gon we gon we gonna put a pin in that thought you just you just articulated so so eloquently, brother Jay. We're gonna put a pin in that thought, and I'm gonna come around the mountain on this thing. Okay. I'm gonna come around. Them. It's gonna take right. me a while, but we are gonna get there. Let's do it. Because you know, if life is about wins and losses, and Michael Jordan is probably the greatest uh, example of what winning looks like: mm-hmm. grit, determination, uh, discipline, structure. And almost a manic approach to winning. I get it. The greatest basketball player of all time. But what this documentary has shown me, Brother Jay, the last stand, is that Michael Jordan's winning came at a cost. It came at a cost. And like as things have come up, uh, you know, one of the themes of the, the doc is how he became this mega, mega, mega star. Mm-hmm. And there was really no room for error for him to make mistakes. But it was based on an image that you saw in the Gatorade commercials, the Hanes commercials, the Mickey, the Mickey D's commercials, the shoe commercials. But Michael, Michael Jordan really wasn't able to be a regular human being because of the spotlight. And so I have some empathy for him. But, you know, some of the stories that have come out as far as, like, how he treated his teammates and he was like a tyrant and a bully in practice 
but it it, it doesn't it doesn't matter because it led to winning. You know, six championships, you're excellent, but people that's close to you in the locker room, they see you as an asshole, man. As a bad person. <laughs> as yeah. a person that will do anything to win. Which is I get it. But I guess what has come up out of the dot for me is that people believe that in order to be Michael Jordan, you can't take any losses without people admitting that Michael Jordan took a lot of losses in his career before and after the time span that the documentary is addressing. And so I feel a certain kind of way because if Michael Jordan is the epitome of excellence and you believe in winning so bad that then, and I'm speaking from an old head, there's a lot of people in my generation that will put Michael Jordan on a pedestal for wins Mm -hmm. and act as if he never took losses. Mm -hmm. But they will look at a young brother like LeBron James and ridicule him. And they point to his finals loss record, which is three and six. And people who are Jordan uh, worshipers and idolize Michael Jordan they will always point to the six and zero records in the fi- record in the finals to LeBron's three and six record in the finals. And in order to have a conversation or a logical debate, they will say, "Well, Michael Jordan played in a different era. He didn't take losses. He was Superman. He was a basketball god, and that's just what it is. That's what you need to do to be excellent." But you look at LeBron. Well, he lost. He's a crybaby. He gets all of this attention. Uh, he he wouldn't be able to play in the same era as Michael Jordan because the league was too tough, the league was too uh, too manly and, and, and too uh, and, and too violent, and, and LeBron James wouldn't be able to play in that league. And so I, I see that people, especially on social media, they look at wins, they don't acknowledge losses, and I really do think, brother Jay, that people have a false expectation that. If you lo- if you lose, then you can't be great. Mm. So the, the fact that LeBron James and this is a great this is a great example actually because I've been watching. I mean, it seems like all of the MJ stands they'll get on social media and they say they'll point to the documentary and say, "Well, see, this is how great Michael Jordan was, and therefore LeBron James sucks." <laughs> or you'll have a lot of the young boys, a lot of the millennials. They'll say, well, LeBron James is the best basketball player ever, speaking from a standpoint of perspective. Yeah, that he's the best player that they have witnessed, right? Exactly. If they weren't around and watching the NBA in the days of Michael, in the days of Magic, in the days of Will, right, then they, they don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, they can look at the data, but that's going off of, review that's not going off of experience right you're moved more by experience than by hearsay that's why i don't even get into the debate jordan was my favorite player when when he was playing now it's like yo who's the greatest player of all time who gives a damn regardless they're making more money than me so like yo (laughs) get off my call i got a nine o'clock appointment (laughs) with my team so we can talk about the strategy so my check can still hit like we get into these pointless conversations where we have to feel as if one person has to be superior than the other and it's like yo why can't we acknowledge that they both were great and they were great in the time that they had been playing 
Yeah. Right. But going I, back I to the. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, but going no, back. I, go ahead. No, <laughs> <laughs> we, we virtual folks. We virtual folks. We looking like an episode of first take right now. No, but I will say I will say this. Um, I don't I don't think someone's appreciation for Michael Jordan's greatness. It, even if you just look at pure wins and losses. Right. I don't think someone's appreciation for Michael Jordan's greatness, and if you want to put your put your flag in the sand and say he's the greatest basketball player ever, I understand it because he he meant something to you in the era that you came up in. Right. But I don't see that if you love Michael Jordan as a byproduct, you have to hate LeBron James. Right. Or devalue LeBron James because maybe on the basketball court, like in between the four lines. He experienced a little more challenges and and uh, defeats than Michael Jordan did. Well, and here's the thing. Here, here's something that um, you will hear uh, my pastor say often, Howard John Wesley, the Reverend Dr. Howard John Wesley from Alpha Street. Alpha Street. Yes, sir. Uh, also a good brother of Cap Outside Prison Corporation. I knew it was coming. I knew I it was coming. I had to get it in there. Um, it's all right. I'm taking a sip out of a red cup right now. There it is. There it is. It's a, it's a solo cup, too, in honor of me. I appreciate you. Um, you'll hear him talk about how people want to talk about how they win publicly, but they never want to talk about how they lose privately. Right? And so... When we examine Michael Jordan's journey, he had a lot of information that was in the public view um, that negatively impacted his life, right? When his father's car was jacked and his father was murdered. And so dealing with all of this stuff, we are aware of, but we don't know the magnitude of that trauma and the impact that it had on him on a day-to-day basis. But what we do know is, right, those championships, mm-hmm. he won He won those. MVP, got that. All-star team, made that. Olympic team, owned that. Yeah. But we don't, we don't like to talk about those dark moments where they look real grim and bleak. And so we like to acknowledge and extol people's wins, but we don't like to acknowledge or appreciate individuals losing moments or losing seasons. And and I am one to where I honor both. My seasons of wins and my seasons of losses because it's in the in the losses is where I get my lessons. Right? It's it's in those moments where things don't go as I plan that I can either stay in this place of panic or I can, basketball analogy, pivot and get on to the next. And a lot of us don't really, we don't want to hear about people losing. Right? Uh, and even going back to, you know, individuals wanting what you have and you know, trying to do the things you do. And I was like, yo, you can have this, but if I told you what it took to get this, I guarantee you it won't look as attractive anymore. And, and bruh, to your point that you just stated, there's a scene and um, it may be, it may be episode 
maybe episode six or seven in a in a doc. Hold on, let me see. They're dropping them out every two weeks. So at seven or eight. It may have been episode seven or eight. And Michael Jordan breaks down and, and breaks down because it's funny he, when they uh, before they aired the premiere of the doc, he was on Good Morning America with uh, Robin Roberts, and um, he he states that this documentary. People may think that I'm a bad person as a result of this documentary. And I think what he was alluding to was like, oh, people going to see that I was an asshole. And I would do anything, anything possibly uh, legally, anything possible and legal to win a basketball game. Right. And there's this moment in the doc where he is obviously distraught and he's tearing up and his voice is cracking. And he goes, well, yeah, you didn't have to, you don't have to play the way I played, you know, but I played because winning, that's all that mattered to me. But you don't have to, you don't have to do that. But it was almost as if he was admitting that, yeah, winning comes at a cost, but I, that's how bad I wanted to win, but you don't have to do it. So he, he, it was, it was a slick way of admitting that, yeah, winning is great, but I don't think you're willing. I, people have to be willing to accept the opportunity cost around with winning that's associated with winning. Giving up your family, having almost a sociopath approach to winning Facts. to the point where you're, where you're making up stories in your head that somebody told you something and it pissed you off to get you motivated to go work out, to go train, to go practice. And then in the game, in my mind, that person insulted me, disrespect me, and now it's my opportunity to snatch his heart on the world stage. I don't know, Brother Jay, if that's the way that you live your life, though. As great as Michael Jordan is, I just don't know if that's the way that most people want to live their life because it comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. And so if, if winning and being undefeated at life comes at a cost, then is it unrealistic to say um, winning is everything? I think it is. Because, it, because it, the, it, lessons the lessons learned come in the losses as well as the wins. Well, I mean, you you won't appreciate a win until you've experienced a loss. Mm -hmm. and, and if you've always won, you don't know what it takes to win. Because you haven't had a setback. You haven't had a moment to where, like, if everything was always handed to you, right? You consider yourself winning. And I use this analogy with my students. Just because you wake up on third base doesn't mean you hit a triple. Right? We have individuals who, hell, some of them don't even wake up with the opportunity to access the field. And you wake up. Not based on anything you've done. You wake up on third base. You can easily make it home. Some people are, are still trying to find the field, right? So because you wake up on third base, that doesn't mean you did anything to get there. It doesn't mean that you actually hit a triple. You've just been given this opportunity to wake up ahead of the game. And if you don't have the humbling experience of losing after you've given your all, then you really don't appreciate or know what it means to win. Mm -hmm. 
Because for different you people, value in winning. yeah, because for different people, a win means different things, right? If you ask a cancer survivor, what does winning look like? They may say, I didn't throw up today after my last round of chemo. If you ask, um, if you ask a young black man going jogging, what does winning look like? They may say that, it back I, home safely. that I came home safely. That's a win. Right? If you ask a young lady who is trying to have a baby and due to complications, can't. What does a win look like? It's going to look completely different. And so I think we get so narrow minded on what we have to gain that we don't acknowledge what others have had to lose. Mm -hmm. And we get so self-centered and hell, even with a game of Monopoly, right? Monopoly will turn people into savages. Spades too. <laughs> oh, and, and dominoes. Horseshoe. Horseshoe. <laughs> and you're like, yo, it's just a game, but like, you don't get the moment to where you can brag to say my score was better than yours. And that goes back to the superiority mentality. Mm -hmm. In order to win, somebody has to lose. But it's like, all right, cool. If I lose, what do I learn from this moment? How do I bounce back from this? Like, you can say whatever you want to say to motivate me, to inspire me, you know, you know, fail forward. What can you learn from this opportunity? How about allow me to sit in this moment and process this feeling of failure, right? This this feeling of defeat, this feeling of losing. But then coach me up so that I can appreciate that losing moment. And we're missing a lot of coaches. Yes, we are. And we are. In today's society, if that is not an oxymoron. Uh, we're missing a lot of coaches, right? We're we're missing individuals like and and I remember one of the leagues that I used to sit on the board for. A mother was mad because we didn't give out consolation trophies. You got a trophy for first place, second place, and third place. That's it. We didn't give out participation trophies. Everyone got a, a certificate of participation, but trophies were only given to first, second, and third. Raised hell in the middle of the award ceremony to the point where we had to have security take her out because she felt that her child deserved the trophy. And so we have all this sense of entitlement, like, yeah, I didn't win, but I still deserve this trophy. It's like, no, trophies are only given to first, second, and third. You knew this all season, right? We advertised what the trophies looked like. Everyone got their individual certificates and their team, um, their team, uh, dinner or award ceremony and so if the coach wants to give you an award yeah but at the championship game like in this tournament you're getting first second and third but she she felt as if her son deserved the trophy this is his last year playing his team to win he deserves a trophy and so if she has that mentality you then have to ask yourself what type of um, mentality is she instilling in her son to where now he now feels entitled that I too deserve this. And it's like your, your team didn't win, bro. Like, like, and I didn't really want to say that. Like, but you, the trophies are on display, first, second, and third. 
right? You, you knew before you showed up what it was. And so it's like, how do we get beyond this entitlement and expectation um, and allow humility to teach us what we need to be taught, right? And, and I think that is the, I believe that people are so uh, committed to Michael Jordan because he's he he's he's probably like the greatest product of of generation X. So I I can understand people that are my age and are older, maybe my age to maybe 55. Michael Jordan is like the 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 main product that generation X produced that hasn't deteriorated <laughs> or being ta- uh, ha- has been taken over by the millennials, right? And so it's a generational perspective where He's he's the symbol of excellence. Therefore, in order for you to win, you have to be like Michael Jordan. We're gonna hold on to it. You want to know why? Because when we came out with the CD player, then the the young folks came out with MP3s, and then the millennials they took that and they came out with streaming services. So yeah, we're angry. <laughs> and then you have the millennials. It's like, oh, LeBron James is the winner of my era, and so forget all of the old stuff that happened prior to me. Because this is what's popping. And so, Brother Jay, I've seen people go at odds on a Facebook post that I posted, by the way, because, I, you know, we got downtime. So the trolling thing is kind of funny to me <laughs> to get MJ stands and LeBron stands just going at each other. Mm-hmm, and ladies, mm-hmm. if you if you want to if you want to see how emotional your man can get, figure out if he either likes LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And whichever one he likes, you you debate and you say you love the opposite. You will see your man cry. You will see your man get angry. You will see your man communicate with vulnerability and passion that you've probably never seen before in your relationship because they are that committed to one versus the other mm-hmm. without really understanding that there was opportunity cost in both of those settings. And maybe you didn't see all of Michael Jordan's losses on the basketball court, but that man, at least according to that documentary, he took a lot of L's, man. So it's just, I think it's unrealistic to equate greatness to sheer wins and losses. And with LeBron, I have a certain level of empathy for him, not for the the LBJ stands, but because this guy was in the public eye from the time that he was... 15 years old yeah, and had to learn how to win through his losses and the form of public opinion on social media day in and day out. And I, and even for the old heads. So my Gen Xers, man, my baby boomers that, you know, we, we are stand we're standing tall that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. I really do. I really do think if LeBron James came, I mean, if Michael Jordan came up in the current era, he would be LeBron James. The level of scrutiny and opinions and people kind of nitpicking every little thing that he does. And and one this this was something that I always say. You know, you have players, you have coaches, and you have critics. Coaches are individuals who can play and have gone from player to coach. Players are the individuals who are learning the game, introduced to the game, and then executing the game. Critics are the individuals who are not on the same level of the people they are criticizing, right? You, you, 
you can see Michael Jordan play a damn near perfect game and someone's going to find something wrong with him, right? Players, coaches, and critics. Critics will see you walking on water and will get on Facebook and tell you, oh, he was only walking on water because he don't know how to swim. <laughs> or you'll have another player or another critic that will see you walking on water and say, oh, he should have just called an Uber. People always have something to say, but it's like your ability, your skill, your 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 level, your mentality is not even on the level to where you can even look at the damn way he's tying his shoelaces. But we always have these individuals, right, going back to those overpassionate individuals about who is the best player that ain't laced up their sneakers, hit the hardwood in 15, 20 years since they was MVP <laughs> in high school. <laughs> <laughs> been MVP at, at, at junior high school, at, at your rec league, Pee Wee football. <laughs> right. You got an opinion. <laughs> yeah, in your feelings because we like, yo, you trying to tell me how the game goes, but you ain't been in the game since, you know, uh, fall of 99. And it's crazy because if you just look at sheer numbers, Brother Jay, so we, I think you and I have some alignment here where we both agree that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever. From our lens, from our from our years of experience from our years and watching, of experience, exactly. We right? he I would say he is the greatest basketball player that we have experienced. That we have experienced, facts, right? So you and I we have some alignment there. Yep. However, if you just want to, if you want to take the sheer objective approach of looking at wins and losses, because it seems like in life we only care about wins, right? Then Bill Russell has eleven championships. So if you're saying, well, eleven championships is better than six championships, then Bill Russell is the greatest basketball player of all time. If you're looking at pure stats as far as number of championships, MVPs, all defensive teams, all offensive teams, uh, all-star games, NBA first teams, college wins, uh, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, etc. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest player of all time because his stats outweigh Michael Jordan's stats. So if you look at wins versus losses and you have this objective approach and this kind of mentality was like, all right, well, this person has won more than this person, then Robert Ory would be the greatest pl basketball player of our generation because he has seven championships over Michael Jordan's six. With that said, I just don't think that as a, as a culture, especially when it comes to men, we think that our beliefs or perspectives, perspective on winning, it's like an all or nothing uh, approach. You either win or you don't, and if you don't, you're less than a, a man, or you're less than a human, or you're less than an athlete. In the, in the case of Michael Jordan and LeBron James, I feel bad for the youngsters, because you got the old heads saying, well, LeBron James is this and that and the third. And that's what the youngsters believe in, man. So as a as a as a, a outsider looking in, the old heads kind of shitting on the young boys for liking who they like. And 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 what's missing in the whole conversation is like that coaching and mediating, because life everybody's gonna take a loss. Yeah. People don't see the losses though, brother Jay. Yeah. And people think because you take a loss, then you 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 suck at life. And 
everyone and that's does, toxic. That's toxic but, for us, brother Jay. Oh, absolutely, right? But going back to my point, everyone doesn't share their losses, right? Even on Instagram, people are only going to show you what they want you to see. Going back to one of the memes that I saw, and it was like, don't believe all of the hype. People only show you what you want to see. And it was an individual who was in a house um, that um, looked pretty run down, right? He's sleeping on one mattress on a wood-torn floor. Um, his curtains were tattered, and it didn't have lights. But he had on a new pair of sneakers. And in order to get the light for the photo that he was taking... He had to have a candle because there was no electricity. So the way he positioned the camera, all you saw was how the light was hitting the new shoes and he took it at an angles to where you couldn't see everything behind it, right? He's not going to share that the electricity is off in his house. He's not going to share that he's sleeping on the floor. He's not going to share any of these other things that was going on in the picture behind him. He's only going to share these pictures because that's what people want to uh, want to see, right? Those sneakers, those brand new sneakers. And then it's like, yo, priorities. What is this? What is he what, like? Why are we even discussing this? Let's discuss ways for you to get your electricity on. Let's discuss ways for you to stop sleeping on the floor, right? And so we tend to focus on things that we think other people find important or that are meaningful to other people when we really need to stop living for others and start learning from our losses. And I, I think going going back to MJ, man, a lot of them MJ stands, you know, their stance is this final record, but they ignore the fact that Michael Jordan was getting bullied <laughs> the first half of his career. Mm-hmm. He was getting bullied by the Boston Celtics. He was getting bullied by the Detroit Pistons. You know, Ma- Magic Johnson... Magic Johnson had five championships by the time Michael got his first one. And I'm not saying that from a hating perspective, right? I'm saying that from a stand because I wasn't I wasn't a Michael Jordan fan growing up. I, I appreciate his excellence, but all the players that I loved and admired, he whooped their ass, man. So I, I didn't like Michael Jordan off of that. He beat Magic <laughs> Johnson for his first chip. I was pissed. He beat Charles Barkley, one of my old all-time favorite players. I was pissed. Still got love for him, but, you know, I, I was mad I because I didn't want him to have the upper hand on my guy. Right. But people only look at the championships, and they just ignore the fact that Michael was really the young boy getting 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 thrown around and beat up <laughs> his first seven years in the league. And people also forget that the pressure got so hot for him after his third championship that he had to walk away from the game because he was kind of like in the – the prehistoric social media era when they came out with like all 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 explosive all revealing books about your habits <laughs> that you that you like to go gamble in the middle of the night <laughs> it was a lot and, and you it was a lot you know so he, he walked away from the game it was a lot and i remember like thinking about my age i remember it being a lot like yo my, this, this is a lot now if fast forwarding to when i could emotionally psychologically you know mentally comprehend everything that they were putting out about him and it was like yo that's even more than what i could imagine at that age for someone one person to deal with in addition to right in addition to those addictions going back to you know 
the his father's situation, going back yeah, to absolutely. other things that was happening in his personal life. Yo, he had a lot to deal with. He had a lot to deal with, but no one wants to acknowledge that when we're having this conversation. Like, yo, well, let's talk about the wins that he faced in his personal life. Because it's, it's tough. And, but, and I, I, I go back to LBJ, man. The fact that you are in the public's eye and everybody has something to say to you, but you still you still wake up in the morning and you put your hard hat on and go to work. All right, your finals record might be three and six, man, but as a man, and to learn learn on the fly over the course of 17 years and still be excellent in what you do, and yeah, you have some chinks in your armor, uh, you, get, you can't say that that's not excellent. That's not great, man. You just can't say it. Right. I just think I think it's un, I think it's unfair. Jay Z has his quote, and I forget the record, but uh, Jay Z's like, uh, in order to be Bobby, then you got to be Bobby now, and he was referencing Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. So in order to have "Don't Be Cruel," you got to be on the Bobby and Whitney show <laughs> on Bravo. Think about that in context of like just our life as men, brother Jay. Mm-hmm. In order to be Bobby, then you got to be Bobby now. So you were winning then. So if you want the wins and celebrate the wins then, then you got to take these L's now. If you want Thriller, if you want Thriller, then you got to deal and live with Invincible, Brother Jay. Mm-hmm. If you want Thriller, you got to live and deal with blood on the dance floor. If you got, if you want Thriller, you got to deal with the repercussions of this is it, man. Yeah. Right? That's life. We, my, I had a friend, a conversation with a friend the other day, and we were talking about uh, how great Stevie Wonder was and the accomplishments that he had. And then somehow we started talking about Prince and how great of a musician Prince was and all of his accolades and his touring. And Prince died in the elevator, OD on Oxycontin, man. Damn. So your success and your accomplishments don't sheer, doesn't shield you from losses, man. Like you can't overachieve your way out of getting your ass whipped as a black man in America. That's true. No matter, no matter, no matter your level of prestige, no matter how well liked you are by other races. No, no matter, no matter how much of a family name you think you are, life will still know your address and karma will still have a car. And it's, it's, it's balance. The universe will always operate in balance. You're not going to always be at the mountaintop. Sometimes you're going to dwell in the valley low experiences and there's nothing you can do about it. There's, Yo, you there's, can't, you, there's nothing, nothing you can, nothing. At the beat nuts used to say there's no escaping this, right? And so it's, you just have to figure it out. Ebbs and flows, you have to take the yin and the yang. You have to, it, it, it's, it, it's a part of life. And the sooner you accept it, right, that losses are part of life, then you won't look at them as losses. You'll look at them as lessons. Mm-hmm. Even even like the things that we are dealing with in, you know, our personal lives. Hell, just thinking about the wins and losses with the GRG show with R and It's been a lot of L's, man. It's been a lot of L's. Right. And so we we had to figure out 
Like we had to, we had to experience some losses so we can understand how we could win better. And it, it, it and it's, it, it's a thing that you know. Um, a lot of my coaching sessions, we we talk about how do you move on, like how do you, how, how do you, how do you step forward from a setback, and it's 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 challenging. It's challenging. Um, Cause like I said, everyone doesn't have that pivot mentality, right? Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Cool. Can Humpty Dumpty get up, or are you just going to keep staying or laying on the ground and acknowledging the part where you fail? Like, damn man, that brother over there, he been sitting on the wall the whole time. He winning. Yeah. Not uh, not understanding his butt was glued to the top of the wall. Glued to the top. He couldn't get down even if he wanted to, right? And so it's like just appreciate the wins, but also acknowledge and appreciate the losses as well. And don't disregard them, right? Yeah. Don't disregard them. There may be some things that you don't share in, in public, but like recognize that everyone that you see has a losing record. Or at Every, least 500. It, they might not have, they're not going to have a thousand winning record, man. Everybody oh. don't have a loss on their record. There's going to be a losing record, and and yeah. I'm not saying that the losers will outweigh the the wins, but there is going to be some losses on the record. Hell, if you are looking and examining somebody else and critiquing someone else, I guarantee you, right, you too will have some L's on your record. Absolutely, right. And we can talk about losses in relationships. We can talk about losses in your careers. We can talk about losses in terms of grievances, in terms of like people. We can talk about losses in money. We can talk about losses in ideas. There's, we we are losing daily, but I think when we shift the mentality, we go from losing to learning. Then it doesn't sting as bad. But I also think it depends on what are you focusing on. Am I focusing on running my race, or am I trying to focus on making sure that I win and everyone else loses? Because Nobody's, if I'm go ahead. Go ahead. No, nobody's gonna call. Nobody's gonna call Jordan a loser because he played with the Wizards, man. But I need, I need the NJ stands to know that he did play for the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, he did play for the Wizards. You can't ignore. You can't ignore the fact. Like you, you can't create the narrative of a winner and ignore that he played for the Wizards and he was getting chased through the building by Detroit. Like you can't ignore. You can't ignore that, man. You just can't. Right. It's not realistic. Right. But then it was like, you know, my, my one of my history professors scared the shit out of me my freshman year. Somehow I got into a 400 level African-American history class, scared the shit out of me on the first day. I, I, I jumped. I wasn't ready. But he always said this. He said, if you're going to tell the story, tell the whole damn story. Don't just tell the glorious part of the story. Tell the entire story that led you to that glorious moment. But a lot of people want to leave out the dark part. A lot of people want to leave out the stuff that people ain't going to really be too excited about. He was like, no, no. In history, if you're going to tell the story, tell the whole damn story. And from that moment, right, that first time he said that and then how he incorporated it into his lecture style, that has stuck with me. And so I always I appreciate the moments of, you know, of, of grandeur, grandiose. Mm-hmm. I appreciate those moments, but I also acknowledge that 
this individual didn't just take the elevator to get to his level of success or get to her level of success. Some of them had stairs and some of them didn't have stairs. Some of them had to climb the wall, right? Someone, they, some of them had to uh, build a ladder so they can get up. And so recognizing that, yeah, losses are a part of life. It's a part of the game. And if you don't think that, as my grandma used to say, keep on living. Oh, you haven't taken enough of them to recognize that it's part of the game. Exactly. Keep on living. Because soon you'll understand. As old folks used to say, bye and bye, you will understand that losing is a part of life. But don't become identified by it, just like you also shouldn't become identified by your wins either. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. Someone has to win, someone has to lose. But it's like, what have we learned from both of these instances? And how can I push it forward? And it's it's just it is you have to you have to be willing to you know if if winning is all you care about then you have to also understand that winning will come at a cost. There is a heavy price to pay, a heavy price. And I you know I have to think realistically, at least from the old head perspective, man. Like we got to chill with like shitting on <laughs> shitting on new rap music or. <laughs> Shitting on the new, you know, the new, you know, shitting on Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Like, these brothers are doing, these brothers are performing at the highest of highest levels, man. The highest of highest levels. And I just really feel like as a culture, we allow, and, you know, for our white listeners, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, we allow the the majority in the media, we allow the, the decision makers and, a lot of these social media platforms and in the media to dictate the narrative and the perspective that we think about these players. Right. Right. They're pitting us against each other. I watched it. I watched it on uh, a ESPN show a couple of days ago. Just because you like Michael Jordan doesn't mean that you shouldn't be critical of him. Yeah. As great as he is, that you could be, you could have a hundred and a hundred and a uh, hundred wins and zero losses on your life record, right? But I'm pretty sure that there's some feedback or some criticism that probably could have been constructive, so that you could have maybe had a hundred and ten law, a hundred and ten wins on your record versus a hundred. Right. Like we're never in life, man. We are never a finished final product at all. Yeah, you remember what I said last time? Exactly. When- when we become a finished product is when we are lowered into the ground or our, our final resting place. That's, That's when we're finished. But I was thinking of the the thing you said earlier and um, my mentor shared this with me and um, we were talking about the opportunity cost of winning. And uh, it says your life, your new life is going to cost you your old one. It's going to cost you your comfort zone and it's going to cost you your sense of direction. It's going to cost you relationships and friends. It's going to cost you from being liked and from being understood. But it doesn't matter because the people who are meant for you are going to meet you on the other side. You're going to be able to build a new comfort zone around the things that actually move you forward. And instead of being liked, you're going to be loved. Instead of being understood, you're going to be seen. All you're going to lose is what was built for a person you no longer are. Let it go. And so just thinking of everything that you've lost on your way to winning, um, the impact of those things. And now 
thinking of some of the stuff that Michael Jordan only has a memory of because they don't exist anymore. Right. That season, that rough season that he didn't think he was going to make it out of. He did. Except for the Wizards. He didn't make it out of the Wizards. He had no, he, no, he was dead on arrival with the Wizards. Yeah. He had to, you he know. had to bow out of that one. But, um, yeah. he, I, 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 I honor his attempt. Um, but I also honored the humility that came within that. And, Absolutely. And that that's that that was like the signature on the deal. Like this is the bottom line. And it's like, okay, cool. I recognize when it's time to go transition onto uh, you know, an ancestor of the game. Um, and continue to win at other things in life. And he's tried, you know, he hasn't been a great uh team owner. <laughs> he hasn't been a great general manager. Yeah. With yeah. the, with the with the Bobcats and the Charlotte Hornets, yes. um, but but that but if you're a crappy owner, that doesn't mean that you're not a great basketball player or the, you know recognized as the, the top basketball player ever to play the game. Well, you can't win in every facet of your life. That's like we're going back to the universe is going to provide you balance, and if you've been winning in every aspect of your life, get ready because the loss is coming. Yeah, right. I mean, po- post basketball career, brother Jay. You know, we'll look at Charles Barkley, who lost to Michael Jordan. If if you had to give me the option, Kev, what what does your post NBA basketball career look like? I'm going with Charles Barkley over Michael Jordan's post basketball career every day. He looks happy. He's a thought leader in his industry. People love him. He's admired. He loves people. He enjoys what he does, and he doesn't have a championship on his resume. Great basketball player, maybe not the greatest. I right. got mad love for him, but as an uh, as a uh, a commentator, he's an Emmy award winning sports announcer. Yep. But so I think, life- but but to that, I think he rec- like you. You got to recognize like when Michael Jordan hung up his jersey, he hung up that title of a basketball player, right? And so when you retire, like you're you're walking out of something and into something else, and like the former you. Now people have a memory, and you have to be okay with that. Charles Barkley is known as the short man with a big attitude, right? It's the memory of it. But now he's smiling on commercials, singing the jingles, getting cussed out on TV show and hosting and maybe cussing at other people. But, like, he has formed a new Charles Barkley for a newer age that requires a new version of himself. And he's winning. He's winning. And I think that's a that's a good model to follow. Like after you step out of something, close the door, let it go. That's that 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 includes relationships. But that's another conversation for another day. Another conversation for another day, man. You know, at the end of the day, brother Jay. You know, in life, let's say let's say if I get, I want. I told you before, I want a little more than three scores and ten, man. If I could, if I could hit eighty, that's a good life. At least eighty, that's a good life. And over the course of 80 years, Brother Jay, if I can go uh, 45 and 35 with my life, I'm winning. That's great. I'm not going to ignore the 35 losses, though. You because can't. The 35 losses help me get the 45 wins. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I feel like we are destined to lose because there's lessons that we need to get from that losing that's going to help us win when it's our time. And so a lot of times, like, we want stuff that's not really for us. And so we're constantly going to experience the lesson until we get what is needed to be taught. 
And so I, I appreciate those those no's, those closed doors, those, uh, I'm sorry, we went with someone else. Or I'm sorry, this isn't working. I appreciate those because had they had worked and I stayed in an area longer than what I was supposed to, I would have missed the things that I was supposed to meet at the next train stop. So I appreciate all the times that I lost, all the times that I uh, didn't get what I wanted, all the times I didn't get a consolation or a participation trophy, all those times where I had to figure out, pick my feelings up, and learn from the failure, I appreciate all of it. Because without it, right, our paths would have never crossed. The GRG show wouldn't be in existence. Absolutely. Uh, we wouldn't be able like, to do the things that we have worked on together as a unit because I would have never made it to the, the stop on my train because I, I would have been stuck in a place that I shouldn't have been no longer. And so you could you could you could you could still admire and recognize that LeBron James with his three and six finals record is still one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Coming from my generation and, and, and Ronald on the tail, kinda I guess Jordan when I guess I guess you were old enough to really be in the sports when Jordan was still around. You Jordan weren't that was, young. Jordan was my favorite player, yes. Yeah. I was a yeah. I was a Bulls fan. Yeah. Up until so up until the two thousands. Yeah, so our perspectives, man. Of course, Jordan is the winner, and I and I'm I, he's a he's a winner. He, he's the greatest basketball player from our purview, you know. However, Magic Johnson existed before uh, Michael Jordan. Charles Barkley existed during Charles during Michael Jordan. I love those guys. So yeah, you know, there's some bias as far as my favorite player a little bit, but I still will not devalue Michael Jordan's accomplishments on and off the court but also ignore his losses on and off the court. That's unfair to the man. That's unfair to, to us being a community, appreciating all that we have to endure as black men in America. I agree. And that has to, that, that level of empathy, Brother Jay, that has to be offered across generations. Across generations. Because if we if we stick our flag in the sand on wins and losses and Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, we're missing the boat of what Every life is all time. about. Every single time. And you know, you mentioned you know the cross generational thing, and I want to just reference that you shouted out uh, my flat brother Bill Russell. Uh, you know, strong member of Capital South Carolina Incorporated, as well as Man, Will Chamberlain, right? One of the was, best to ever do it. Both yeah. of them. Yeah, <laughs> one and of so, the best, like, the, the best to ever do it. So and you can't shout. ignore. You, you shout can't. Out to him. You can't, you can't ignore it. You, you can't. can't. Like we could talk numbers all day, but it's like, yo, Wilt had so many records. Still right? to this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day, and so it's like, if we really want to talk about the greatest of all time, like we gotta, we gotta go back. We gotta go back, but recognizing of your time. And I think, Absolutely. you know, words mean things. So it's like, yo, Jordan was the best player of all of, of, of my time. Like in my time, growing up, he was the best player. And so. if somebody uh, eclipsed that greatness, then good for him. But we should still be celebratory, man. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since the be... torch has been passed. Absolutely. You know, and either way. You know, when we take losses, whether it's LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Kevin and Ronald, 
hey man as black men in america man we our losses a little a little harder <laughs> got a little more sting to it <laughs> than the normal <laughs> and so we shouldn't devalue the losses in life man but i i, I digress brother jay the last stand has been a pretty good documentary uh i really enjoy the fact that because there's no sports on tv people are losing their mind on monday morning after watching it and so uh last stand the last episodes are getting ready to air and i'll probably troll some people on facebook accordingly to say that uh bill russell's 11 championships are greater than michael jordan's six numbers don't lie <laughs> kareem's stats are greater than michael jordan's stats numbers don't lie <laughs> numbers don't so lie. so let's not just look at sheer wins and losses on that note it's been another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I am KEV, and that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin, the melanin evolution. evolution. Where evolution is revolution. Until next time, be safe. Be inside. Be inside. Keep your be asses like. inside. Oh, sorry. And be like... <laughs> One.